0: You're now listening to The Sound of Sanity. The sound will continue for the duration of the program. Hey everybody, welcome to Sound of Sanity and Gobble Gobble, Turkey Days two days away, Ben. Wow. Co- yep. Happy Turkey Day. Do you like it when people say Turkey Day? Not really. Nah, me neither. I don't care for it. I'm sure there's some perfectly nice people out there, I'm sure, that like to say Happy Turkey Day, but I really like it when people say Happy Thanksgiving. That's much better. It is better. Jake, your thoughts? I hate calling it Turkey Day. You don't like calling it Turkey Day? But we eat turkey upon that day, a disgustingly dry meat that holds little value when not prepared properly when not prepared properly when not dunked in a giant vat of uh, boiling oil oil and deep fried and deep fried or brined that's another good way to do it
1: like or smoked but but mostly deep fried deep fried yeah (laughs) i don't know why you would do it another way when you can deep fry it
0: (laughs) there are pigs if you can eat
1: turkey once a year
0: deep fry that sucker did the person who invented eating turkey have access to a pig that's my
2: question I like turkey. I'm going to stand up for turkey, Nathan.
0: Well, then, that's, that's our big topic for today. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's
2: a strange hill to die on, but you will die. Uh, hell, yeah. I'm going to stand up for turkey, Jake. Yeah, well, it has a nice flavor of its own when it's not dry. Turkey won't stand up for you. It puts you to sleep. <laughs> that's just uh, an urban legend is it yeah it is
3: i've, I've,
0: <laughs> I've read those articles it's trip to fan stuff trip to fan, that's, yeah. that's how empty my life is i've read those articles i haven't even introduced my name's nathan sound of sanity is the show ben souls is the guy over there hi I ben here hi, hi nathan gobble 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 uh, jake menzel is the guy over there pastor jake menzel the master yep. of celebrating thanksgiving
1: yeah that's i mean i'm the best <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to thanksgiving nobody's better
0: let's talk you know you know we're just trying to do some fun kind of like off-the-cuff episodes recently. A little bit more casual. I thought it would be good, though, because I know everybody's going to be dealing with the relatives. How do you guys deal with
2: relatives on Thanksgiving? <laughs> oh, I'm glad that you made that a little narrower. <laughs> or how should one?
0: What advice and principles do we have for dealing with difficult relatives on thanksgiving because i think this is a pretty universal thing that our listeners will be dealing with oh
1: sheesh <laughs> the first thing that comes to mind is remind yourself that it's only one day unless it's not which for some people it's not one day
0: one of the best things that you've ever said jake yeah among many but it's something that you've said this said over said more than once over our time working together that stuck with me how do i set this up it's a useful thought how do i set it up jake i don't know what you're about to say okay Ben, you know what I'm about to say? No, not at all. You, it's, okay, it's when you know. So one example of when you said it is when we were working on the Ville, and if people have ever listened to the Ville, they know we have some very broken families in that fictional universe. And one thing that we've always been scared of doing, and we've always wanted to avoid, like the plague, is we don't want to offer fake solutions or trite hope or anything like that like oh if you just have a cathartic conversation with your mom who you have you know was emotionally abusive to you your whole life everything will be fixed so sometimes it's a little bit more complicated than that yeah um and what jake has said in that context is sometimes the most that you can do is x like the best thing that you can do is visit for that one holiday a year the best thing that you can do is take the money that they want to give you to buy the thing the best thing that you can do is let them pay for x y or z i I guess the reason i'm having i I have to do so much setup here is because there's not actually a principle it's a specific thing that we've talked about at times that's never quite coalesced into a principle in my mind but
1: yeah well okay so here's here's the thing sometimes you want to be the person who does and has the cathartic thing other times you' you'll be dealing with a family member who carries a load of guilt mm-hmm. or a load of pain because they sense that because of whatever's happened between you whether it was growing up or something that happened when you were an adult or whatever it is they can't have the intimacy with you the relationship with you they wish they had mm-hmm. um, and they don't know how to have it and they don't know how to have it back so they'll try to have that cathartic moment. Or they'll just try to, maybe they'll flail emotionally, or maybe they'll try to to do something. So it's kind of hard to talk about, but sometimes all you can do is just show up and be there and smile and be the rock that the waves bash against Mm -hmm. and protect your family from that as much as you can. And just be okay and tell yourself, you know, whatever happens 30, 40, 20, however many years of this relationship isn't going to get fixed over one thanksgiving meal right but sometimes you know the most i can do is to bring up you know re- taking or receiving gifts right
0: because if you come from like what i'm thinking you know we all all three of us come from uh, various levels of divorce well i guess divorce is a thing that happens or doesn't <laughs> <laughs> you know ben's level ben's
1: parents are level kind one of <laughs>
0: <laughs> sorry.
1: <laughs> okay, Okay. so if you have an estranged family member... Right, exactly. Okay, mm-hmm. say say an estranged father. Mm. Hypothetically speaking, that father doesn't know how to love you. But he, he doesn't know how
0: to give you he, some He knows he's screwed up. He yeah. knows
1: he feels bad about it. He knows he wants to try to do something. He doesn't know how to say he's sorry. He doesn't know how to have a real conversation with you. The most he can figure out to do is try to give you 20 bucks for gas for showing up now there's a type of person who that's a
0: power play and you need to
1: exactly right that's a power play they're trying to get something mm -hmm. in on you and you need to be able to say no to that and there's a type of person listening on the receiving end of that who has so much bitterness in their heart that they're just like i'm not going to take anything from you you were never there for me you never gave anything to me when i needed it and i'm not taking your 20 dollars But there's also a time when I think you can have the maturity and wisdom to look and say, you know what? The best gift I can give my dad in this context is receiving that $20 because Mm
2: -hmm. it's his one communication. It's the
1: one, it's the one thing that he, it's the, the one way he's trying to, yeah, to communicate, to have some kind of intimacy, to have some kind of relationship, to say, I care, I'm sorry. I don't know, whatever. And there's a time to have the conversation that says, you know, dad or mom or whoever, or aunt Becky or whoever it is, you can't buy my love. Mm -hmm. And all the gas money in the world's not gonna make up for what's happened Mm -hmm. between us. But there's also a time to just smile and say, thanks dad, and accept that he's trying and he doesn't know what to do.
0: Well, and I think the reason I nudged our conversation in that this whole direction in the first place is, is like a holiday visit to the families, Maybe a time for some big bold stands. There's definitely times to just say, "I'm drawing the line here. I'm not coming." There's all kinds. Of, you know, every family's different. Every drama, family drama is different. Uh, hard to make general generalized statements yeah. about it. But I, I do think there, there really
1: aren't universals in these yeah. type of situations.
0: Having said that, I think a lot of people don't realize that there's a whole category of things that you can do that are compromises that are. Second bests (laughs) that are, I'll just love this person in the broken way that I can. We're not going to fix it. It's past fixing or this isn't the time or the place to fix it. And so here's the little thing that I can do. I can show up. I can smile. I can bring the pumpkin pie.
1: and I can show up. I can smile. I can...
0: Take the gas money. I I can
1: let the Aunt Becky flail and berate me and I can also just be still and steady. And then I can turn around and take the $20 gas money in gas money from dad or mom or whoever, because to not take it would be cruel actually, because it's simply another way for me to get back at them and say, no, I reject every effort at love and I accept nothing. I accept no love from you because you won't Mm -hmm. love me the way that I wanted and needed to be loved.
0: There's an immature kind of person that thinks that they have to hit every point of tension, Really hard, really fast, and try and deal with it. That's the godly thing. We're being honest. We're in
2: one go, in one swallow, in, in
0: one swallow. And that's not that's not how relationships work. That's not how families work. And it's certainly not how distant families work that you don't see all the time. But maybe you do have some real baggage and history. I mean, I think I think the reason it's worth even saying any of this is because a lot of us have had that experience of, oh boy, here I go. I'm going to see Aunt Becky again. What do I do? What do I do? I I, I guess. I, I have to figure out how to fix it this time. It's broken right. and what am I gonna do? And maybe you do, maybe maybe you need to be done with Aunt Becky. Maybe you need to figure out how to fix it. There's all kinds of things that could be true, but at least let's allow for the possibility that maybe what you should do is make it work and love Aunt Becky in the small ways yeah, that and, she, that God has given you.
1: And one of the things that I think people need to understand is you, you don't understand always the power of small gestures in the context of family. And here's here's what I mean by that. I was pro- I was having a conversation one day with another pastor about a family interaction where I felt bad because I was we were watching a movie with a family member and like I don't know like a sex scene or something whatever, I didn't know the movie came on and I I and I, and I just got up and walked out of the room. And I felt bad that I didn't say anything about it or explain myself. The other pastor was just like, are you kidding me? It was not lost on them. It was (laughs) not lost on anybody, what you were saying when you got up or why. Like they know you, they know who you are and they know the points of tension. In the context of family, small gestures say way more than often you think they do. Um, And that's something to be encouraged by, and it's also something to be wary of and aware of. And it's also something that is, I say, not meaning to excuse you from having right, those exactly. conversations either. Which, is again, is to say that universals don't, do not
0: apply. We're sort of skipping to, like, 202 level on this whole podcast for whatever reason. Like It's more like 400 level, yeah, in my obviously opinion. Obviously, first set healthy boundaries and then confront the things that you need to. And it got, like, there's a whole, there's... So much stuff that we're assuming so that we can get to these little points of tension that we're talking about
1: yeah but you know also just remember your priorities right mm-hmm. like I, th- I think i started by saying like remember it's only one day right <laughs> of your life like okay you can deal with one day it's discreet mm-hmm. and that perspective is important no it's only three days of your life or three days sure whatever you're going for the weekend whatever it is the other thing that i think is really important and this is i i think me jumping again to maybe another 400 level mm-hmm. uh thing but it's it's gonna sound really simple Is remember remember who you're most responsible to uh, who's on your side who are you supposed to protect and be for first what happens in a lot of these types of situations is as you go into the, the these family dynamics and these family dramas you're married with kids suddenly You slip back into, you'll find yourself slipping back into these roles where actually the primary relationship here is with mom and dad, or the primary relationship here is with other people. And you will take your husband or your wife or your children for granted. Mm -hmm. Um, You'll take their love for granted. And you will find ways to isolate them or punish them for the pain and tension that you feel with the rest of your family. Having just the awareness that that's a thing that people are tempted to do. And therefore, it's a thing that you're going to be tempted to do. Being able to say to yourself and even to your wife or your husband in the car, hey, okay, we're going into this. It's going to be hard. But I got your back and you got my back. Nobody's messing with the kids. But at the end of the day, the one person I'm not going to punish for the pain I feel here or let suffer is my wife or my kids. Those are lines that will not be crossed. Like, I'm not going to kick
2: the the kids. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've made that mistake.
1: (laughs) Well... (laughs) and everybody does everybody does well, And it's, it's really hard it, and well, it's to, right?
2: it, it's even at the point where you know, my wife was particularly standing up for me mm-hmm. in a tense situation yeah and that was when i chose to be to cut her legs out from under yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no it's like Show up anyway <laughs> yeah
0: Ow. yeah i mean it's, it is awful i hate that it, about, is awful. it is the thing that i've learned about myself and hate the most about myself since being married like oh Now that I have someone who's contractually obliged to love me anyway, I can really take out all my aggression on that person. That's not a good way to think, Nathan. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I sort of want to say, you will do it. Like Jake says, do not do that. Do not cross that line. What I'm sort of thinking is, you will. You will. So apologize quickly and then don't do it the second time. Yeah. But also, you know, anticipation
1: is, I mean, and it's sort of been a theme this fall with this, I guess, but anticipation. Mm Mm-hmm of these things recognizing patterns you actually can get to a place where you won't yeah but it takes time to recognize the patterns and see them and have the maturity and self-control to recognize when you're in those moments it's just hard it's really hard Uh, always resolve to apologize to see it when it happens and and apologize apologize. right away Right. right
0: like but i think people hear you talk and they say okay but i don't recognize patterns well here's the thing say to yourself what are the patterns just remember to do that. And then you can like think about it and, and you're not a dummy. You'll be able to figure it out. They're not There's not like this hidden code that you have to decipher most of the time.
1: And you can talk about them. You can talk about them with, I mean, I hope you can talk about them with your wife or with your husband. Like, hey, that blow up in the car on the way there, where I yelled at you for slamming on the brakes was actually me just anticipating mm-hmm. all of the pain and tension and drama we were about to go into. And I'm sorry. And also let's talk about, apparently I feel a lot of tension going into these things. Let's talk about how, you know, can you help me? Can we, can we talk about how we can make it easier going into these things? And maybe we should pray before we get in the car. Maybe we should pray and get some ice cream mm-hmm. <laughs> before we go into the car. Like maybe we should, you know, just talk through what the night's gonna look like before we get into the car. Because I recognize that really that drive is horrible and I'm ready to bite everyone's head off. Or, you know, I find myself, you know, demeaning my wife Mm -hmm. at the table because I'm taking pressure off of myself. Like, okay, that's something that I find myself doing. Whatever it is for you, it'll be different. You know, you see other people do it, you do it yourself. Um, but you gotta, you've gotta just ask and, Ask yourself the questions, or ask your wife the connect, uh, the questions, and make connections, and you you'll begin to piece things together.
0: The mistake that me and my wife made really early in my marriage that we we learned some very difficult lessons about is we'd go to a place we wouldn't be calibrated on any, any of this stuff. It would go terribly. You know, I would tell an anecdote that was maybe a little personal, and then it would turn like we'd get in the car, and she'd be furious at me, and. What's wrong, honey? Well, you told... I felt completely unsafe when you told this to that... You know, it'd be that kind of thing. And what we found... I mean, it's so obvious, but it's like, if we just calibrate intentionally on that stuff as we're driving to a place... For us, it's while we're driving. I mean, we'll just say, like, okay, how do you feel and what's on and off limits because we're both what's the word i mean we we like to socialize and stuff like that it's actually pretty helpful like okay i think we've got i mean maybe this sounds like cynical or something i I don't know but it's like okay there's probably about five anecdotes in the anecdote chamber right now is is there any one of those honey that you think would be bad for this crowd (laughs) and she'll say yeah don't tell the one about yeah, Uncle Fred, you know that reveals something about you that makes you look stupid, and I'm going to feel bad about that in front of Jake because Jake already thinks you're stupid or something. That's not—I don't have an Uncle Fred, and Jake thinks I'm wonderful, folks. That was true. A false so example. A bad
1: example. A bad example. I never thought Nathan is stupid in nope. my life. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> never. And um, I am the best at Thanksgiving,
0: and he is the best at Thanksgiving.
2: I, I mean, I found that I can be one way that you can that hurt your wife is just by being selfish. Mm -hmm. It's not even that you're, you've been nasty to her. It's just that you're not paying attention to how she's feeling and caring. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That she was hurt by something separate or if something related or whatever was going on, you're just oblivious and you want, you do want to process your stuff with her and she'll help you. And then she'll wait for you to care that she had stuff to process and you didn't think about it. So, don't do that.
0: No, don't do that. I mean, that was hard. That's been a hard lesson for me. I've had to learn how to put her into the picture when we're. It's like my assumption when I first was married was well, we've got each other's back. We're married. It's awesome. So, we'll just be facing outward and socializing with all these people. And our job will be to take into account how these people are feeling and Mm -hmm. what's going on. Like, so all my attention was focused that direction. And so I just would miss cues from oh, she's not comfortable with this, or oh, she'd really, you know. Mm -hmm. And I had to sort of learn, like, you should actually be queuing off of your wife and not just ignoring her and assuming (laughs) Uh goodwill
1: (laughs) at all points.
0: (laughs) 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 Turns out she deserves to have a voice, and you're actually so focused on other people that, you know, you're not being a good team. Teamwork makes the dream work. Yep. I guess we should probably
1: talk about what to do when politics comes up. Yeah. What? Well, uh, I'm asking you you
3: guys.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what to say except that there has to be some place for sticking up for what you believe in, and some place for doing that without really entering the discussion, because some discussions are actually safe to enter, and you have to know which ones those are. And some discussions are you're just asking for you're just spoiling for a fight, Mm -hmm. and you have to have a way of marking your disagreement without saying, sure, I'll be the bait. And another, <laughs> that's just a good life skill. <laughs> it It is a good life skill, but it's hard to know. And then there's some times where, I don't know, I almost feel like you should be ready to be the bait, but that's rare and you should... You,
0: well, well, here's what I'll say about all that, Ben. You, you will make mistakes, at least make intentional ones. Yeah, the, the dumbest thing you can do is ones. just bumble into being the bait without even realizing it. Just react. It, you know, yeah, Don't just if, react. If, you're, if you, if you yeah. actually make a choice, like, like... This is what I do so much. I... Either decide I need to be the aggressor in a certain situation, or I need to... Like, I just intuitively decide, okay, now is the time to enter in. Or I'm a lily-livered coward who just doesn't want to stick up for what he believes in any given situation. And I find that I almost always feel better about these things, even when I make mistakes, if I just simply take three seconds to make a conscious choice. You know what? I think... By the wisdom that God has invested with in me and the way that I'm feeling right now and all kinds of things, eh, I'm just gonna hold my peace. Aunt Bertha over there, she's saying that abortion's good. This isn't the time, it's not the place. Ooh. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make and I'm not gonna make a choice out of cowardice. Maybe it's motivated on some level by cowardice, but I'm gonna try to make an intentional choice to keep my mouth shut here. And then I'm gonna try to make an intentional choice to say, put a sock in it, Aunt Bertha, (laughs) over there. And that is the phrase that I use. (laughs) Of course, with Aunt Bertha, one can't be too strident. One actually carries a sock in one's pocket, so one can, like as a prop to just kind of talk. (laughs) Put a sock in Put a sock in (laughs) in Aunt Bertha. I mean your mouth, (laughs) so you'll stop saying stupid things or they'll be muffled by the sock. Well,
1: uh, the proverb, answer full according to his folly, do not answer full according to his folly, Mm -hmm. really does apply very much in these types of situations, right? Right. Sometimes there's a fool spouting off and you need to not answer them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's a fool who's spouting off and you need to answer them, but not according to their folly. At all times, people should know where you stand. Mm-hmm. It's really easy uh, for people to, and we, we've talked about this sort of thing a lot, uh, to demonize people to mm-hmm. mediums like social media. Mm-hmm where they don't have to deal with people in person. And it's always good to make them deal with people face to face Yeah, and realize that they're facing a real life flesh and blood person who really has convictions and is also not a monster. And so uh, to show up at the party hosted by Aunt Becky, who is a flaming liberal, mm-hmm. and to bring pie and to be kind and cheerful and happy to be there and to love Aunt Becky, for Aunt Becky to know that you're a Christian and to know where, you're, where you stand on things um, and have to reckon in herself with the fact that you're not a monster, mm-hmm. that's a good thing. And that's where, again, something we said before, small gestures in the context of family can mean a whole lot. You have the power in those moments to show up. Remind Aunt Becky that the person that she's railing about on Facebook as a monster who hates America and deserves to die is you.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: But to do that, you don't have to be locked and loaded with the perfect argument for why you voted for president Trump. For example, you just, you, you just have to be there and you know, maybe say, Oh yeah, I voted for Trump. And then it's like, aunt Becky's like, Oh shoot, this real live person. Yeah. And that brought pie voted for. Wow. Yeah. That in itself makes it Oh, this real live person walked out when the nude scene came on in the movie. Yeah. Gosh. That makes a statement about this person's values.
1: Yeah. And and then there's a time, you know, where maybe you can engage in a little bit of argument or cross talk. It's good to have these conversations and arguments with real people because straw men actually don't hold up. Mm-hmm. Like, if all those stupid pro-life people were so pro-life, why aren't they out there adopting the children? Well, actually, Aunt Becky, I'm from a church where lots of people have adopted children and... Uh, we have a list of people that we actually put, that we gave to Planned Parenthood, put our, our names on the list of, we're willing to adopt your baby. Like, what what else can we do? Tell me, mm-hmm. <laughs> since you're so wise and you know my heart so well. <laughs>
0: or put a sock in it. <laughs> those, are, those are your choices. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I, I, however it is, Aunt Becky deserves to be talked to. Well, That's to be my... I, I do think so many of these decisions we end up making quickly on the fly, not because we have to, but because we just were too dumb to do, do five minutes of prep. Like you can actually think about, okay, if Bertha asks me about this, well, like I know Aunt Bertha. I know she's always going to be on some liberal thing. She just wants to bait me, which means I'm right. not going to give her the dignity. Yep. Uh, she, whatever happens, it'll be bad with her. I, You know what? My job is to smile. Now, if Donald well, his name's Donald. You know, he's he's got some opinions about politics. If he, <laughs> if he, well, if he asks me, he really wants to know. He's just he likes to have a good argument. He likes to mix it up. He likes to mix it up, and it's all and it's fun. And now, if Jerry's mm-hmm. there, he just wants to watch the world burn, and he's just going to make jokes and he's going to make everything terrible. <laughs> yeah. so. He's going to try
1: yep. to antagonize and start a fight between me and Aunt Bertha. Yeah,
2: yeah. And if and if
1: and if Martha.
2: <laughs> cousin Martha so we got we got starts the birth of Jerry and, and Donald. Donald. Okay. And if, All if, of if, our relatives are from the 1940s. Right? If,
1: if, well, if, we, got to, we need to get Tom there too so that he and Jerry can go off on right, an adventure yeah. And,
0: <laughs> yeah. and Dick and Harry, I think.
2: Well, if Martha, cousin Martha, starts talking, you know that she's angry and she's going to be too insecure for you to say anything. And you might be able to indicate your disagreement and then leave the room. Mm-hmm. Because that well, room is going to be toxic, right.
1: and, and and Martha may be so insecure that you decide that you don't you have a limited number of interactions with Martha, and you need to get to a place where ten years from now, <laughs> right. right after ten interactions, you can have that serious conversation without her flipping out on you, mm-hmm. because you've seen her insecurities and you've loved her and you've shown her that it's okay, like it's okay.
0: You can do so much good work for yourself by simply being willing to put a little thought and discernment in and make some judgments ahead of a situation like this. I think people don't do it. I think I don't do it sometimes because I don't want to be judged because I don't want to actually do the work. I think especially women that are listening can feel very loath to do the work of saying, you know what? Uncle Jerry is basically the Joker. He just wants to watch the world burn. He thinks it's funny when we get into fights and he's not worth my engaging on any serious issue with it. But it's like... There's a difference between making judgments and being judgmental. You can go ahead and put Uncle Jerry in that category, and you can still love him. Yeah, and you can adjust well, one of the category. the best category
1: ways to love a, an Uncle Jerry in that situation is say, is when he when he throws the red meat that you and Aunt Bertha are supposed to go for to just mock him for it. Mm-hmm. Just call him on it. Call him on it. Call him on it right away. I don't. I don't know how you would say it because it's going to depend on the context. But you, you, you know, Jer. You should probably call, him, probably call him Jerry if
2: his yeah, name is prob- Jer- Jerry. Yeah, probably. probably.
1: All right, or you could even just make it into a big joke. Oh, Bertha, Jerry's trying to get us started. Mm-hmm. Look at him. He thinks he's slick over there, you know. Jerry, do you not have anything fun or useful or helpful to say? You just want to try to pick fights between me? you know that me and Aunt Bertha love each other too much to go for that kind of thing, don't you? I don't know what it is. Like You can mock it. I'm
0: beginning to think this Jerry fellow might be the victim of Jake's (laughs)
2: bullying behavior. That's right.
0: Hey, Jerry, real big man. Jerry's like, how do I prepare to see Jake this year? He's going to make fun of me. That's great. We've given you one, folks. You can tell Jerry to put a sack in it. That's yeah, put I, a sock in I it. just ha- carry a sock in your pocket. Yeah, just really have the phrase put a sock in it comma blank it's, it's on at, at your fingertips. at your fingertips and it will yeah. it will do you a lot of work. That particular one rings that that whole ex- line of examples rings pretty true to me because growing up we would go to my aunt and uncle's for Thanksgiving. I think it usually was. maybe it was Christmas or something. We'd see them about once a year. And I had this aunt. she's a little bit of the inspiration for Erica Rosebloom people know that character from our, our dramatic work she really was very smart and very intuitive and she liked to pick on people that were weaker than her and she would perceive exactly what the tensions were in my parents marriage and she would just ask these sort of you know just I, I don't I can't even think of an wow. example but just very innocent light questions That would expose whatever the raw nerve, you know, some people just have that talent for finding the raw nerve in the situation. She could do it. And my parents would always fight. So Nathan,
1: how's that, uh, that, uh, you know, weren't you trying to start some kind of company or something like that? How'd that, how's that going for you?
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That kind of thing.
1: Oh, you mean the thing that I almost, that almost bankrupted my family and made me lose my job? Mm Mm-hmm. That... We still haven't gotten over. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for pulling that one out.
0: Yeah. And, and so they would fall for it and then they would fight all the way back. I mean, it's like Aunt, we'll just call her Aunt Beatrice. Aunt Beatrice would, every year without fail, put another splinter in that marriage, which all already had a lot of problems and it was really painful to watch. And, just,
2: and as kids, you knew what was going on, kind of?
0: Yeah. I mean, I've only really been ever able to articulate it since I've been an adult, but, as, but you knew that Aunt Beatrice was out for blood, and that Mm -hmm. she was getting she was
1: mean spirited. Yeah, I mean there are kids pick up on that.
0: Yeah, That, that is the other thing that I wish I had done, or that I I like to do now, or the other. I mean, sin is a nice thing to be able to think of in these contexts. I know that's like a really obvious thing to say, and maybe this just goes back to have discernment. But it's like realizing that you know there's so many people that put up with the behavior of an Aunt Beatrice because. They just think, oh, she doesn't mean any harm. She's just Aunt Beatrice. I was like, no, she derived malicious, mean-spirited pleasure from doing what she did. And that's how people are. They have real lusts. They have real anger. They have real desire to dominate and devour each other. It doesn't do you any good to pretend like those things don't happen at your family Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. The only reason we're having this discussion and that it's of any interest to anyone is because
1: They they happen
0: all the time. And it doesn't mean you need to judge everybody or go around with a chip on your shoulder but or, or or cancel Thanksgiving because what's the point of family? But just being aware and being able to think in those categories, being able to say, like, who are the predators here? Who are the victims? Who are the bad guys and who are the good guys? Being able to sort of figure those things out. Who are, I mean... As a dad, Jake, I mean, don't you have to think like who are the sexual predators? Like, who do I not want having my kid in their lap? Like, exactly, you have to make those decisions. You have you have to have those thoughts. And it's not because you're Mm -hmm. dirty minded or you think too much about sex, or it's just because you're being a wise, godly dad who wants to protect his children.
1: Yeah, but somehow, aren't your kids acclimated to the grooming behavior of potential pedophiles, whether or not they even realize that they're like? You just have to be able to make those reads
0: and make those judgments. Right. And, and for whatever reason, for, for a variety of reasons, people do not give themselves permission to make those du- judgments. And, and
1: therefore their family suffers. And that's
0: why I'm just saying in a very simplistic, you know, borderline simplistic way, like just give yourself permission to to make some judgments here. And that'll go a long way towards yeah. a happy Thanksgiving. Anything else you guys want to say about this topic? Any? Yeah.
1: One other thing. Pray. Y- your father and your mother and your aunt bertha and martha and jerry and even jerry huh even even old jerry their their hearts are in the hands of the lord and who knows what opportunities you'll actually have to do some good uh when god calls somebody to himself often he means to use you to work in your family you should trust that and you should pray and pray for peace and pray for uh, wisdom and pray for faith and pray that you'd have compassion for people that are difficult for you and pray that you'd have opportunities to be used by God to work on their hearts. Because that Aunt Martha or whoever who is super insecure that you're just trying to love, you know, she might just open up to you. She might just, by God's grace, make herself vulnerable for a minute. And who knows what you, what can happen.
0: Yeah, it's easy to be cynical, especially about those people that we only see once a year and... See the them reveal them their worst selves as we all do on Facebook, and God does change people. People change. Aunt Bertha might not be the same Aunt Bertha. It's yeah, been known or to she, happen. She might be the same Aunt Bertha, but he means to change her starting tonight. Mm-hmm. Well, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Ben' favorite Thanksgiving treat. I'm doing this
2: podcast well, with me and Jake is yeah, that the answer? That's the answer. See, <laughs> the, the treat or just dish. You I mean, see, treat. I think of like a dessert. Uh, so. d- okay. Uh, Okay. Just well, say favorite Thanksgiving food and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you answer. what's
0: not a treat is putting up with your pedantic objections <laughs> yeah, to my
2: you're question. you uh, <laughs> Anytime.
0: <laughs> no, Ben, I love you. And uh, I meant, I did not mean treat because oh. the treats at Thanksgiving are kind of lame. Pumpkin pie, wow. meh. And I, apple pie, meh.
2: I, 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 li- I like them both. But squash casserole, there you go. Oh, boo. <laughs> it's I, it's uh, delicious. You just haven't had good squash casserole yet. Yeah. Put a sock in your squash casserole. Ben. No, I don't think I will. I'm a fan. One day, you know, I hope that you will be able... Together, Nathan, you and I will be able to sit down for a peaceful Thanksgiving a table meal. of
1: brotherhood.
2: <laughs> With squash casserole. Ben, let me just say here now...
0: I've, I will never sit down at the table of Brotherhood to eat a squash casserole with you.
2: <laughs> Nathan, you're going to miss out. Your life is going to be impoverished. We can know. sit
0: down at the table of Brotherhood anytime you want, but... You just come over to my house and... No squash for the casserole.
2: <laughs> come over to your house? Yeah,
1: that's where the table of Brotherhood is.
2: Okay. I'll bring my squash casserole there. <laughs> Boom.
0: <laughs> nope. It's the table of brotherhood, ben.
1: The squash casserole out. <laughs>
0: yeah. It instantly you, becomes not the table of brotherhood the second guys, you put squash casserole your bigotry. down. bigotry. Yeah. All
2: right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jake, your favorite Thanksgiving food, that great meal full of great food, Thanksgiving. Deep fried turkey. Deep fried turkey is good. However, I'm going to have to deduct points from both of you. The correct answer was corn. What? I don't know. I don't know. Thanksgiving. I don't what? really like Thanksgiving.
2: I love <laughs> Thanksgiving. See, this is your problem. I, I, I love
0: Thanksgiving. I just don't love the, the food. The food that I love the food. The, the, the particular meal. I mean, mashed ah. potato. Maybe mashed potatoes with some gravy, and it's like mixed in with the corn. That nah. can be fun.
2: Dressing. It's like a turnip I, casserole. Sometimes sweet I don't do yams. Casserole. I don't do sweet you don't potatoes. Do yams, yeah, so yeah. You're, you're just you don't like pumpkin pie at all. Well, Ben, I am what I am. Yeah, you are.
0: Yeah, you are. All right, folks. Sound of Sanity was produced by me, executive produced by Jake, and me, associate produced by Ben. Until next time, oh, uh, support us at patreon.com forward slash sound of sanity, and we'll be very what? Thankful. That's true. We will. We'll say thank you. Maybe not personally. I think you'll get an automated reply that says thank you, and we'll say, hey, we got another donor. That's great. And we will be helped by it to continue doing this great work. Until next time. Stay sane and happy Thanksgiving.